Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, <clears throat> we have all assembled here this evening to understand what is Vipassana and how does it help us in our day-to-day life. Vipassana is an exercise a process of self-introspection, self-awareness, understand what is happening within the framework of the body, how the body and mind keep on interacting, how the mind keeps on influencing the body, and the body keeps on influencing the mind and how misery arises and it keeps on multiplying <coughs> multiplying it arises as a defilement in the mind an impurity in the mind and that overpowers you and then one becomes more miserable and performs such unwholesome vocal actions or physical actions which normally one would not have taken there. And then later on one repents, I should not have said so, I should not have done so. And a similar situation arises. Again, one reacts in the same way because one does not know what is happening deep inside at the root level of the mind. Misery is there. We cannot deny this reality. After taking birth, one has to pass through so many incidents which make one miserable. One comes in contact with some sickness, this sickness or that sickness. And every sickness makes one miserable. One gets old. The aging is a great misery. The body becomes weak. You have to take help of a stick to walk. 
your face started developing wrinkles and you become miserable you don't like it what is happening and it happens you can't run away from that and you come nearer and nearer to the death even the thought of the death so horrible you don't like it whether i like it or not like it i am nearing the death big misery big misery and throughout life one keeps on getting associated with undesirables undesirable person undesirable incidents undesirable situations and one becomes miserable one keeps on getting disassociated with desirables desirable persons desirable incidents desirable situations and one becomes miserable so the misery is there there is nobody in the world however powerful this person may be that throughout life only desirables will happen nothing undesirable impossible and when you come across something undesirable you get frustrated deep inside you get irritated infuriated you generate some negativity or the other and every time you generate negativity you are the first victim of your negativity you become more miserable why this is happening how it is happening and how to come out of it is there a way some saints and sages of the past have advised us a good advice that whenever negativity arises in the mind anger hatred ill will animosity any negativity divert your attention divert your attention from the subject due to which this negativity is arisen say you get up and drink a glass of water you divert your attention you feel you are coming out of your anger or just start counting 1 2 you will find you are coming out of your negativity or you start reciting any word keep on reciting again and again say you are wearing a watch 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 you have diverted your attention you feel you are coming out of your negativity not easy dengue is so strong not easy then these saintly people advise us you recite the name name of the deity the god the goddess in whom you have got great great devotion it becomes easy for you you just recite that name that helps one starts coming out of negativity one starts coming out of misery 
but then enlightened person who worked like a super scientist to go to the depth depth of this mind matter phenomenon and they came to know that whenever you divert your attention you are not eradicating your negativity at the surface level of the mind yes it looks as if the negativity is gone your misery is gone but actually you pushed it pushed it deep inside and at the depth of the mind it keeps on multiplying 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 at the surface of the mind you feel peaceful no more misery now no more negativity now but you don't know when there will be volcanic eruption all the negativities that is suppressed deep inside will come out like a volcanic eruption and you can't do anything you are helpless it overpowers you and you are again the same miserable person then any solution what solution and the enlightened person finds out a solution he says escape is no solution don't run away from the problem don't run away from the situation accept it accept it and observe it try to observe it equanimously with a balanced mind then layers after layers of this impurity the negativity will get peeled off will pass away you're not suppressing it you are not expressing it by any unwholesome vocal action or unwholesome physical action you are just observing at this moment there is anger in my mind that's all very easy to say but very difficult very difficult when anger arises one is so quickly overpowered how can one observe one cannot remember this advice one gets overpowered there must be somebody to remind look master anger is a reason and as the enlightened person said observe it just observe it anger is anger and this person shouts at the secretary are you here to teach me are you paid for that anger and how can there be a secretary to advise all the time there is no agreement with the anger that you must come only at the time when my secretary is on duty <laughs> there's only one shift so i must have secretaries for all the three shifts i do not know when and at what time anger will arise all right anger as a reason and my secretary is advised master look anger anger observe it don't react just observe it and i say thank you you were kept for this purpose you advised me very good now i will observe anger as anger how to observe anger is no shape no form no color how to observe it when you start observing anger actually you are not observing anger the object of anger the person against whom this anger is arisen the situation against whom this anger is arisen that keeps coming in the mind 
that is stimulation of the anger. The anger multiplies. You're not coming out of it. To observe anger, abstract anger, cutting it off from all the objects, very difficult. When it is very difficult, then there is no solution. This is not a solution. But an enlightened person finds out a solution. He says, whenever any defilement arises in the mind, any defilement, two things start happening at the physical level. Mind and body are so interconnected. One thing happens at a little gross level and the other little subtler level. At the gross level, the breath. The breath will lose its normality. When one is angry, the breath is no more normal. It becomes slightly hard, slightly fast. And when the anger is gone away, it becomes normal. Oh, so at the apparent level it looks that the breath is a physical function. The lungs are working and that is why I breathe in, breathe out. But at the actual level, it is strongly related to the mind also and very strongly related to the mental impurities. This becomes very clear. And another thing at the subtler level, whenever any impurity arises, say anger as a reason, the whole chemistry of the body changes. You get different kinds of sensations in the body, unpleasant sensations. There's a burning sensation in the whole body. Palpitation increases. Tension gets built up. And you become miserable. You keep on multiplying this misery because you keep on multiplying your anger. Observe it. You can't observe anger as anger, abstract anger. Passion as passion, abstract passion, fear as fear, ego as ego. Very difficult. But these two things you can practice. You can practice the awareness of your respiration. You can practice the awareness of the sensations on the body. And when you are doing that, you are not running away from the reality. This is not an escape. You are facing the reality. Because one side of the coin is the anger that has arisen in the mind or any other impurity that has arisen in the mind. And the other side of the coin, the breath losing this normality, the body having unpleasant sensations. So you are with the reality. Learn how to observe the respiration. Learn how to observe the sensations on the body. A wonderful solution was found. And this was called Vipassana meditation. Or Vipassana observation. You are observing the truth within yourself. And whenever a negativity arises and you train your mind to be aware of the respiration, you train your mind to be aware of the sensation and you start observing, observing, aware of the fact there is anger in my mind. But you keep on observing the breath, you keep on observing the, the sensation. You are not suppressing your anger and you are not expressing your anger, just observing. It becomes weaker, weaker, weaker and passes away. A wonderful solution was found. And both of these, 
the respiration and the sensation on the body, they also work as our private secretaries. Every time, every time a negativity arises, the breath as private secretary will say, Master, something wrong, something wrong with you. And the sensation will say, Master, there is something wrong in you. And I cannot scold, I cannot shout on the respiration or the sensation. I say, thank you. Now I will observe. I will observe sensation, I will observe respiration. But how to do that? For that, this practice is necessary. How to observe respiration? How to observe sensation? One has to spare ten days of life to learn this wonderful exercise which makes you out of all your miseries throughout the life. Miseries come. Undesirable things keep on happening. And you can smile. You don't react with misery. You don't react with aversion. A solution. So for that, to learn this wonderful scientific non-sectarian technique, one has to spare ten days of life. All right, you have decided to take a course of ten days to learn this technique, which will help you throughout the life. You are asked to sit down, sit down comfortably in any posture, any posture that suits you, that keeps you comfortable for longer period at a stretch is a good posture for you. Not necessary a lotus posture or half lotus posture. If one can sit in these postures, go ahead, nothing wrong. Otherwise, any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch. Keep your back and neck straight because that makes the mind very attentive. Eyes gently closed, mouth gently closed. Now there is no vocal activities, no physical activities. Now let us see what reality is manifesting itself. Reality pertaining to one's own mind and matter, no imagination. Just the reality that you experience. You have to explore the truth about yourself, the truth about your mind, your matter and the interaction of the two. What reality is manifesting itself? The first reality that you will experience is the breath, the breath coming in, the breath going out. This is no imagination, you are experiencing it. The whole path is to remain with the truth, 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 nothing but truth. Initially you come across very gross truths, but as you proceed subtler, 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 subtlest truths pertaining to this corporeal structure, the physical structure, subtlest truth pertaining to the mental structure, the mental contents, subtlest truth. And as you proceed observing, 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 you understand how you are purifying your mind, how you are changing your habit pattern not to react, just observe. So the breath, just observe, as it is. Don't try to regulate the breath. Don't try to control the breath. This is not a breathing exercise. This is not pranayam. There is, a, there is an exercise of pranayam, which has its own benefit. We don't denounce any other technique, 
But this technique is totally different from pranayam. Here you are developing your faculty to observe the reality as it is, not as you would like it to be, as it is. If the breath is deep, you are aware it is deep, that's all. If it is shallow, you are aware it is shallow. If it passes to left nostril, good, left nostril. Right nostril, right nostril. Don't try to interfere with the natural flow of the breath. Just observe, that means just feel. Just feel the reality as it is. Keep your attention at the entrance of the nostril and keep on feeling the incoming breath, the outgoing breath. Like you are sitting at the bank of a river and the river is flowing. You are doing nothing for the flow of the river. It's natural flow. But sitting at the bank, you are just observing the flow of the river. So also keeping your attention at the entrance of the nostrils, you are just observing. You are just feeling the flow of the breath coming in, going out. Do nothing. Just feel. So easy to do nothing. Just observe. And yet so difficult. Whenever you decide to take, to take a 10 day course, first day, so difficult. You hardly observe a couple of breaths and the mind is gone somewhere. And then you realize, Oh, what happened? I was here to observe the breath. And what happened? <laughs> All right. You again start. You again start. In a few seconds, again the mind wanders away. You again start. The mind again wanders away. Many times we find a new student. Not all, but quite a few number of few students. They feel frustrated. They generate negativity. And the guide will say, don't generate negativity. You have come here to come out of the habit of negativity and you start generating negativity. Negativity is negativity. Whether you generate towards somebody else or towards yourself or towards your own mind, it makes you miserable. Don't do that. Just observe. Just accept the fact. You are observing the breath, the mind wandered away. And suddenly you realize, mind has wandered away. Accept the fact. At this moment, the mind has wandered away. So what? Breath is still there. I start again with the breath. Again, mind wanders away. Smilingly, you accept. Oh, look, it has again wandered away. Start again. Start again. Like this, patiently, persistently, patiently, persistently, and continuously. Very important. So far as this technique is concerned, continuity of practice is the secret of success. So when you join, you join a camp for this purpose only, because no other obstruction. This is the only thing that you have to do. Keep on working, keep on working, keep on working. Second day, you find your mind is little better. Third day, still better. Not that all the negativity is gone, not that it's been all very calm, tranquil, but much better than the first day. And then you will notice, if you are working properly, you will notice the breath, even what you call normal breath, is quite gross. And as you keep on working, keep on working, observing the breath, observing the breath, by nature, it becomes subtler and subtler, it becomes finer and finer. 
it becomes shorter and shorter like a thin thread it comes out like a thin thread makes you turn immediately and again into sin so fine so short and you are observing it you are feeling it so naturally working with the gross respiration coming to the subtler subtler the mind also has to become subtler 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 <clears throat> within 3 days mind will become subtle enough sensitive enough to feel some more realities again realities pertaining to this mind matter phenomenon nothing else in the whole practice no imagination is allowed no verbalization is allowed no visualization is allowed no suggestions are allowed outer suggestion or auto suggestion no imposition is allowed imposition of this philosophical belief or that philosophical belief nothing doing is a pure science pure science to understand the activities of mind and matter reality always with the reality subtler reality pertaining to mind and matter every moment throughout the body there is some biochemical reaction going on at a very subtle level some biochemical reaction or the other some electromagnetic reaction or the other constantly taking place and this manifests itself as this sensation or that sensation so you are working on a small area at the entrance of the nostril by the end of the third day you start feeling some sensation or the other which are always there your mind was not capable to feel now you trained your mind working for 3 days to feel the sensations any sensation maybe heat maybe perspiration maybe throbbing pulsing vibrating tingling so many kinds of vibrations and from the fourth day onwards you start observing the whole body from the top of the head to the tips of the toes everywhere some sensation or the other some sensation or the other in the beginning there are certain parts which you feel as blind no sensation actually sensation is there your mind is not sharp enough to feel but you keep on working repeatedly repeatedly very patiently very persistently mind will become further sharper sharper it will start feeling throughout the body every part of the body every particle of the body every atom of the body there is sensation wherever there is life there is bound to be sensation now you are training your mind to feel the sensations initially you come across very gross solidified intensified sensations unpleasant sensations like pain pressure heaviness numbness but as you keep on observing objectively without reacting objectively the mind becomes sharper and sharper so all this solidity solidity of the body solidity of the sensations they get divided dissected disintegrated dissolve dissolve you reach a stage where there is no more solidity in the body at the apparent level yes the body is very solid but at the actual level the entire body is made of very tiny particles atoms which this an enlightened person he was a super scientist super scientist of the spirituality 
super scientists of the field of mind and matter. 26 centuries back, he discovered that there is no solidity at all. The entire physical structure and so the entire physical world, material world, mere atoms, atoms. He used the word kalapa in language of those days. Kalapa means the tiniest particle of the material world. And that also is not solid, he says. The tiniest particle also, mere vibration, mere vibration. This is not a philosophy to be accepted blindly. This is something to be experienced. And people start experiencing it sometimes within the one ten day course or the two ten day course. The entire physical structure, mere vibration, mere vibration. Vibration of this wavelength or that wavelength, this velocity or that velocity, but mere vibration, no solidity. Now what happens? Then you start realizing the truth of the interaction of mind and matter. These six sense doors, the eyes, the ears, the nose, the tongue, the body and the mind. The world comes in contact with us only through these six sense doors. If these six sense doors are not working, there is no world for us. No existence of the world. One who is blind, blind from the birth, for this person there is no world of light or color or shape or form. One is deaf, deaf from the birth, for this person there is no world of sound. So world is world when it comes in contact with these sense doors. Shape, form comes in contact with the eyes. Smell comes in contact with the nose. Taste comes in contact with the tongue. Sound comes in contact with the ear. Something tangible comes in contact with the body. A thought or emotion comes in contact with the mind. What happens? Say a sound has come in contact with the ear. A good meditator of Vipassana experiences there is nothing but vibration. Attention goes to eye sense door, vibration. Ear sense door, mere vibrations. Nose sense door, vibration. Tongue sense door vibration, body sense door vibration, mind sense door vibration. So, at the ear sense door vibration, vibration, a sound has come. That sound is also vibration, vibration. When it comes in contact with the ear, like you strike a gong, you strike a gong on one point, but the whole gong starts vibrating. Sound has come in contact with the ear, or a shape or form has come in contact with the eyes. Smell has come in contact with the nose. Taste has come in contact with the tongue. Something tangible has come in contact with the body. A thought or emotion has come in contact with the mind. It has struck at one point and the whole body starts vibrating. Vibrating. This is a neutral vibration. What happens then? One part of the mind raises its head. This scientist found out these four parts of the mind and how they are working and how they are interacting with the material body. First part of the mind will raise its head. Look, there is something, something at the ear sense door. Something has come in contact with the ear sense door. The job of this part of the mind to cognize, that's all. Something has happened at this sense door or this sense door or this sense door. And there is a sensation. 
second part of the mind will raise its head. What has happened? What has happened at the essence too? With all its memory of the past, with all the experience of the past, this part of the mind recognizes. Oh, they are words. What words? Words of insult, abuse, or words of praise. And it also gives valuation. Words of abuse, words of insult, very bad. Words of praise, wonderful, very good. It has given its valuation. Although they are mere vibration, it has given valuation. Then, the flow of vibration, which was very neutral, as soon as the valuation is given, these are the words of abuse, very bad. One notices, a good Vipassana meditator notices, the flow of vibration suddenly changes. It becomes very unpleasant vibration. Throughout the body, one feels very unpleasant vibration, unpleasant vibration. Evaluation is given. Ah, these are words of praise, wonderful, very good. And the whole flow of the vibration changes. Very pleasant, very pleasant. The third part of the mind starts feeling these sensations. Unpleasant or pleasant. Then immediately the fourth part will start working. It all happens so rapidly. But you have to go to much depth to realize it. The fourth part will start reacting. Unpleasant sensation. And it reacts, I don't like it. Aversion, hatred. Pleasant sensation. Ah, wonderful, I like it. Craving, clinging. Its job is to react. Either craving, clinging, or aversion, hatred. At the apparent level it looks that I am reacting to these words which are good or bad. Somebody is abusing me, insulting me, so I am reacting to that insult. Somebody is praising me, so I am reacting to this praise. Yes, at the apparent level it is true. At the real level not true. You are reacting to the body sensations. There is a gap, missing link between the object that has come in contact with your sense door and your reaction towards it. There is a link and that link is a very important link. The link of feeling sensations on the body. Pleasant, unpleasant, pleasant, unpleasant. And you react to these sensations with craving, aversion, craving, aversion. Conscious mind does not know at all what is happening. Conscious mind only feels, well, somebody has abused me, so I am generating anger. Somebody has praised me, so I like it. I have generated craving, clinging. That's all. And even if you want to come out of craving, come out of aversion, you work at the intellectual level of the mind, surface level of the mind. Good, at least you are purifying your surface level of the mind. Deep inside, the sensations are there. And the deepest level of the mind continuously reacts. Craving, aversion, craving, aversion. And every time one generates craving, one will notice, a good Vipassana meditator will notice, as soon as you generate craving, you are lost the balance of your mind. You have lost the peace of your mind. You have lost the happiness of your mind. You have become so miserable. Similarly, you generate aversion. You have lost the balance of your mind, peace of your mind, harmony of your mind, happiness of your mind. You have become miserable. By experience, it becomes clearer and clearer. Every time I generate any defilement in the mind, 
I am the first victim of the defilement. I start feeling miserable and I start making others miserable. It becomes very clear not by these discourses, not by these talks, not by reading books, not by understanding at the intellectual level or not by accepting at the emotional or devotional level because an enlightened person said so, so I must accept it. Nothing doing. It's a pure science. You have to experience yourself. Look what I am doing. I started harming myself. I generate negativity and I am the first victim because you feel so miserable. Nobody wants to make oneself miserable and yet out of ignorance one keeps on generating one defilement or the other and makes oneself miserable and continues to multiply this defilement, continues to multiply the misery and one does not keep this misery limited to oneself. When I generate anger, hatred, I become miserable, law of nature is such, but I don't keep this misery limited to myself. I keep on throwing on others. The whole atmosphere around me becomes so tense, full of misery. Anybody who comes in contact with me at that time feels misery, nothing but misery. So I'm making myself miserable, I'm making others miserable. What sort of life I'm living? What sort of life I'm living? This is not the proper way of life. One starts understanding that. And especially one starts understanding, look, I am harming myself. Nobody wants to harm oneself. Everyone wants to live a peaceful life, a harmonious life, a happy life. Not just on the surface of the mind, but deep inside, the totality of the mind must be peaceful, harmonious. Every situation must be peaceful, harmonious. The habit pattern of reacting and generating negativity automatically starts changing, starts changing. The mind comes out of this misery of generating negativities, generating defilements. Mind becomes purer and purer. And by nature, law of nature is such, when the mind is pure, it generates love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance. These are the qualities of a pure mind. And when you generate love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance, you feel so much peace, so much harmony. You are enjoying it. When you generate negativity, you are suffering. But when you make your mind pure, full of love and compassion, you get so much of reward. The nature, the law of nature is keep your mind pure, free from defilements, free from negativities. If you break this law, you'll be punished then and there. If you don't break this law, you'll be rewarded then and there. Anybody living in a in a state, one has to follow the state rules of the government. One must be a, a follower of the rules uh, properly. Don't break the rule of the country. If you break the rule, you are punished. But it takes time. You've broken the loop, rule. And then the case goes from one court to the other, one court to other. It may take years together. But the nature does not wait. As soon as you break the rule, you are punished then and there. You generate impurity in the mind. You are punished then and there. You become so miserable. And you get rid of this impurity. Again, start follow the rule of the nature. Your mind is pure. You start getting reward then and there. This law of nature becomes clearer and clearer 
not just at the intellectual level, not just at the emotional or devotional level, at the actual level. More and more, more and more one experiences the truth, the law of nature, the life fed and starts changing. People who suffer because of this bad habit, bad habit of generating defilements, they start coming out of it, coming out of it. People who are slaves of their own habit pattern at the depth of the mind, this habit pattern starts changing, changing. Criminals, criminals who are great terrorists in the prison, same thing they do. They start observing, observing by this technique. And when they generate any negativity in the mind, they get unpleasant sensation throughout the body. And the guide will tell them, look, what you are thinking now. All the time the thought in the mind of a criminal is, when I go out of the prison, I will take revenge. I will kill so-and-so. I will kill that fellow who gave witness against me. I will kill that policeman. I will kill that judge. Negativity, negativity. What is happening? And with this practice, one starts experiencing burning. The whole body is a burning sensation. Palpitations increased. Tension could build up. I am a miserable person. And nobody wants to live a miserable life. By mistake, ignorantly I put my hand on the flame. It burns. I take it back. It burns. I may make this mistake twice, thrice. I understand. This is law of nature. Fire will burn. This is the nature of the fire. I should not touch it. Same way. You start realizing inside. Negativity, it burns. It makes you miserable. Once, twice. You say, I am a very intelligent person. That somebody who touches the fire is not very so intelligent, but you are more intelligent. But it takes so hundreds of times. You keep on observing. Look, it burns. Oh, I become miserable. I am making myself miserable. The habit pattern starts changing. You start living a better life. Good life. Good for you. And good for others. A life full of peace and harmony. And everybody needs it. Not necessary to convert yourself from one organized religion to another organized religion. This is not a religion. This is a way of life. Pure science. To understand the interaction of mind and matter. How out of ignorance we keep on generating defilements. Keep on making ourselves miserable. And out of enlightenment. That means out of understanding what it is. We come out of this wrong habit, this bad habit, and start purifying our mind. We come out of misery. It is required by everybody. One may belong to this community or that community, this color or that color. One may be a white or black or brown or yellow, makes no difference. Human being is human being. One may be a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu or Jewish, makes no difference. Human being is human being. One may be Indian or Pakistani, makes no difference. American or Russian, makes no difference. An Israeli or a Yemeni makes no difference. Human being is human being. When you generate impurity, you are bound to suffer. When you come out of this impurity, you are bound to enjoy the peace and harmony within yourself. And that is why, because it is so scientific and because it is so non-sectarian, when you observe your breath, how can you say that this breath is a Hindu breath or Buddhist breath or Christian breath is breath? When you observe your anger, you can't say this anger is Hindu anger, Muslim anger, Christian anger, Jewish anger. Anger is anger. And the misery that you suffer is also for all the same. It's not Hindu or Muslim or Christian or Jewish. 
And when you purify your mind, this purity again cannot be given any label. And the peace and harmony that you enjoy cannot be given any label. This is universal. Universal, non-sectarian, which gives result here and now. But one has to work. Merely understanding at the intellectual level, this alone will not help. This will be very helpful in the sense that it will give you an encouragement. It will give you a guidance, there is a way. There is a way to come out of misery. Situations keep on happening throughout the life, which you don't desire, which you don't like. And still, how to maintain the perfect balance of the mind. How to maintain perfect equanimity of the mind. How to generate nothing but peace and harmony in the mind. A way of life, a perfect way of life. A holy, wholesome way of life, good for you and good for others. You have spared one hour of your life to understand what this technique is. Now, I would request you, I would like you to spare ten days of your life and learn this technique. You are not wasting your time. Thousands upon thousands of people who have taken these ten-day courses and people from every community, from every religion, leaders of the religions have taken. Up till now, more than 2,000 Christian priests and nuns have participated and every year they keep coming. And like this, leaders of the Hindu community, Buddhist community, Christian, Muslim community, every community, they come because they find this is our religion. Every religion has the same teaching. Live a moral life with a disciplined mind, pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill. So people, when they come to the course, they say, this is our religion. This is our religion. Because it is the law of nature, which is taught by every religion. So spare ten days of your life, don't, not to get converted from one religion to another religion, but to get converted from misery to happiness, from bondage to liberation. Come out of your bondage, come out of your misery, enjoy peace, enjoy harmony. May all of you enjoy peace, enjoy harmony, enjoy real happiness, real happiness. Why isn't there a meditation center in your tradition, not my tradition, Buddha's tradition, in your tradition in this area? You are responsible for that? I don't establish centers around the world. It is only the students. And I was told that this city is a wonderful city. Most of the people here are very intellectual. It's a city of intellectuals. So if you find something really intellectual and scientific, it is for you to start a center. Start a center as soon as possible. <laughs> How is the way that you teach Vipassana different from other Vipassana traditions? We are not here to condemn any other technique. 
they may call it this name or that name. Any technique which works with the body sensation and trains the mind to remain equanimous. The body sensations are pleasant, unpleasant, gross, subtle, but they have the same characteristic arising, passing away, arising, passing away, so ephemeral, constantly changing. What is the sense to react with craving or aversion towards something which is constantly changing, like this you change your habit pattern. So you call by any name. If it, they are working with body sensations, training the mind to remain equanimous, it's perfectly all right. But if they forget body sensations, then they are working only on the surface level of the mind. At what age can children learn Vipassana? Before birth. <laughs> when the child in the womb, that is a time, a pregnant mother comes to the course and meditates. What wonderful vibration the child is getting. Wonderful nutrition, healthy nutrition, free from craving, free from aversion, love, compassion, love, compassion. The child comes out a happy child. Pregnant mothers keep coming to the courses, they say, I want a Dhamma child, I want a Dhamma child, and they get a Dhamma child. So peaceful. So train the child while the child is in the womb. In a culture that seems to have perfected escapism, do you think it is really possible that Vipassana will spread far and wide in this country? Certainly. Because however one has gone away from the reality inside, but one good thing about this country is that it is a scientific-minded country. Blind belief does not stay longer. When they come to know this is only a blind belief, the reality is I am generating misery for myself and the reality is that I can come out of this misery. They will certainly accept it and they are accepting it. Such large number of people from the West are also coming to the courses and taking advantage of it. Do religions have a place in this age of science? Look, every religion Every religion worth the name has the essence, inner essence, which is the same in every religion. And the inner essence is live a moral life with a disciplined mind, pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill. Every religion has this essence, which is uniform. But then there is the outer shell. Outer shell that every religion has differs from one to the other. And the outer shell is my right, my ritual, your right, your ritual, my ceremony, my celebration, my belief, my philosophical belief, your philosophical belief, all these differ. And those which are differ don't give that much importance. You can carry on with your beliefs, you can carry on with your rites and rituals, Give importance to this inner essence, which is a quintessence of all the religions, and you are a happy person. The difficulty comes when the religion forget about the inner essence, start giving importance to the outer one only, then it is an empty vessel where this nectar has leaked out. So keep the religion full of this nectar and nothing wrong in having, having your rites and rituals also. Please recommend one book on Vipassana. The first book is Experience It and then read books. 
Otherwise, you will feel satisfied. I have read the book, now I know what Vipassana is. I can give good lectures on Vipassana, I can answer every question that people ask about Vipassana. And you know nothing, because you don't experience. So experience it and then read books, nothing wrong. Then you will understand every word of the book properly. <laughs> can you still be passionate and equanimous? <laughs> you see yourself. When you are losing the balance of your mind, you are not equanimous. So you see whether you are really equanimous or not. If your mind is really equanimous, it will be so peaceful, so harmonious, so balanced. Then the passion is no more passion. Then it is a, a healthy, healthy volition, a wholesome volition. Instead of negative, it is a positive emotion. And if that comes, it is good for you. What is the tradition or purpose of having your wife sit at your side? <laughs> but she says nothing. Well, she sits at my side and that also the left side because my heart is on the left. And because she is my wife. Without her, I am not complete, I am only half, and she is the other half, better half, than only I am complete. So she sits, at, and she give, works her own, keeps on giving good vibration, vibration of love, compassion, goodwill. So the whole atmosphere remains calm, you all listen so quietly, pin drop silence, because of her. Can Vipassana help break patterns of a substance of food, drug, alcohol abuse? Certainly it is for this purpose. What you call intoxication, what you call addiction, it appears to be so that you are addicted to alcohol, you are addicted to smoke, you are addicted to food. Actually you are addicted to the sensation, body sensation. This was a great discovery by this enlightened person, which is a truth, law of nature. When you take alcohol, for example, there is a sensation in the body, very pleasant sensation, and one likes it, and then starts craving for it. One wants, at the depth of the mind, one again wants to feel this sensation, and you take alcohol. Again wants to feel this sensation, you take alcohol. So actually you are addicted not to alcohol, but to the body sensation. And this technique, when you start observing your sensation and don't react, you remain equanimous, you are coming out of this addiction. All sorts of addictions, alcohol or any kind of, uh, any kind of intoxicants, drug, smoking, anything, automatically passes away. You won't have to do much, just observe your sensation. Large number of alcoholics are coming to the courses. Even the drug people are coming to the courses. Druggist will take little more time, but the alcoholist, just one or two courses, and they're totally out of it. Big gamblers, how they come out of it, very easily, one or two courses. All the vices that we have in life are related to our body sensation, and if you observe the body sensation, the habit pattern changes, we are coming out of our misery. It is very difficult for me to sit for a long time due to back problem. Can I still practice Vipassana meditation? Certainly, this is not a physical exercise. You sit comfortably. If you find that this problem in the back, have a backrest, somebody will give you a backrest. You can sit on the chair, 
sit comfortably. It is not a physical exercise, but you have to keep on trying to see that your mind remains equanimous, mind remains equanimous. Take a Vipassana course and who knows your back pain might go away. <laughs> How do you keep from falling asleep? Remain awakened, but how to remain awakened? When the sleep overpowers you, then when you are in the course, the guide will tell you, have slightly hard breathing, and the sleep will go away, drowsiness will go away. It has not worked. Then get up. Standing, you work for about four or five minutes. It has not gone away. Walk a little, five, four or five minutes. It has not gone away. Then sprinkle cold water on your eyes and try to come out of it. It has not gone away, and if you still need sleep, go and sleep for some time. And then what? <laughs> I understand you once met Krishna Murti. How do his teachings relate to Vipassana? His teaching is nothing but Vipassana. A very saintly person, very wonderful person. But difficulty he has experienced in India, where so many types of meditations are going on, so many techniques are going on, and he was disgusted to see all that, so he kept on denouncing, all the techniques are harmful, all the techniques are harmful. And he found these gurus who were teaching, all of them exploiting people, exploiting people, exploiting in money matters and in different matters, they keep on exploiting. He was disgusted, so he kept on denouncing guru, he kept on denouncing techniques. Many of his students who have been listening to his discourses for decades, this, the, his, uh, his talks were very wonderful. The same talk remain in the present moment, the reality as it is, without any reaction, just observe, just observe, as it is, the reality as it is. The same teaching, because you got inspiration from the Buddha's teaching. But no technique was there, so people were getting frustrated. They started coming to Vipassana courses, and one of them said, you are applied Krishnamurti. I'm applied Krishnamurti, I don't know, because I never heard the word Krishnamurti when I came from Burma. I never heard, even my English was not so strong, I didn't, didn't know what he meant by applied Krishnamurti. Then he brought the book of Krishnamurti and read, same words, it was so happy. Then a meeting was arranged between Krishnamurti and myself, and I told him that if I am making any mistake, please correct me, you are an elderly person, more experienced, and a saintly person, his vibrations were very good. So he said, all right, what you are teaching? The first day I teach this. No technique, this is no technique. And second day, third day, tenth day, no technique, this is no technique, people can practice, nothing wrong. And then I said, am I guru? Because I don't ask people to surrender to me and I will liberate. I don't liberate anybody. I just guide them. They have to work out their liberation. Oh, no gurudam, this is wonderful, this is wonderful. He accepted everything. Because he was disgusted seeing things going wrong everywhere, especially in India or might be other places also, so he kept on denouncing. And after that I heard that some of his very close disciples, he started asking them to observe respiration. He was a saintly person, no doubt. Why do you ask the students not to observe religious obligations during the course? We are not against, but during the course, time is so short, ten days, about hundred years ago, nobody was taken in this course unless one comes for one month or one half month. 
in this fast life, who will come for one month? I would have missed this technique. So they reduced, 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 brought it to ten days. Less than that, people don't get anything. You have to work so much. First, you have to sharpen your mind, make it razor sharp. Then you have to make a very surgical operation of your mind, go to the roots of the mind. All that takes time. Ten days, so minimum. And you keep on diverting your attention to this, this, this or that. Then you won't go to that depth. Continuity is very important in this technique. So without denouncing this religious or that religion, this religious ceremony or that religious ceremony, we stop everything. Just do this technique. After 10 days, you are your own master. Carry on whatever you like to do. But during these 10 days, work exactly as you are asked to work and that gives result. If I meditate daily morning and evening, after my first 10-day course, do I still need to take a 10-day course every year? It helps you. If you find that you are now better, you are, you are now behaving in the life is much better than what it was, but there is still scope. You can go to much deeper level and become still more better and enjoy more peace. So you take one more 10-day course or your meditation has become weak. So to again revive it, to strengthen it, you take a 10-day course. But if you practice morning and evening, I think if you practice properly, Still, even if you don't take a 10-day course, you can continue, but it's always advisable to take a 10-day course per year. I already set one 10-day course, and I experienced all the stages in your instructions. Is there anything more you teach beyond 10-day course? Yes, come for 20-day course. <laughs> come for 30-day course, 45-day course, 60-day course. There's a long queue for 60-day courses. We can't, we can't have that much accommodation. There is so much deeper realities which you have to experience. Slow and steady. Practice and you will reach the deepest level of your mind. Do you believe in God? Certainly. For me, God is truth. God is love. God is compassion. God is purity. Develop those qualities. And you are one with the God. You are God yourself. Become God yourself by developing these qualities. They will be so helpful to you. Good. After these two, I am liberated. Good, good, good. Does one have to suffer to see the need of vipassana? Are you not suffering? You are suffering. Because at the surface level of the mind, you delude yourself. Oh, I am so happy. Look, I am so happy. This sensual amusement, that sensual pleasure, this, that. Deep inside, you just observe. This enlightened person said they are burning charcoal deep inside and the thick layer of ashes over it. And you get deluded by this thick layer of ashes. When this thick layer of ashes are removed, you know how much burning there is, how much burning there is. Observe it, experience it and come out of it. Let there be no burning at all. Do we have to release our past karma memories in order for the mind to allow us to do this practice? Not necessary, automatically it will happen. As you keep on observing and you keep on observing with equanimity, without reacting to whatever you are experiencing, old things will start coming up on the surface. Big trauma, big impact on the mind of something went wrong in the childhood 
or even the youth, something went wrong, a big impact that comes on the surface. Or you lost somebody and a big impact that comes on the surface with a sensation. And again you are aware of the sensation equanimously, equanimously and it passes away. Layers after layers will pass away. You will have a memory of that incident but you won't suffer for that. And you will just see as if it has happened in the past life and it won't bother you. What are insights and how do we know when we have had them? This is inside. <laughs> Practice Vipassana and then you will know what is inside. Vipassana is inside, nothing but inside. Spare ten days of your life to learn it. What is needed to maintain awareness after a ten day course? That's why we say morning and evening. If you keep on practicing, practicing awareness of sensations and equanimity, awareness of sensation and equanimity, then in your day-to-day life you have to keep on examining yourself. Similar situation, before taking Vipassana, how I used to react, how long I used to react, how deep I used to react, is there any change? Is there any? If there is a change for better, you are coming out of your misery. This is how you keep on examining yourself and you will be progressing on the path. What should we think about the widespread use of morphine in helping old people transition into death? Not necessary. Morphine is not necessary. It is harmful. I got Vipassana because of morphine. I was a patient of very special type of migraine headache and there was no cure. I was born and brought up in Myanmar, Burma. And uh, the best doctors there, no painkiller will work. They started giving me morphine injection. Every fortnight there will be a severe attack of migraine. They will give morphine injection. After a few years they started saying that you will become morphine addict. Every day you will have to take morphine. It was very horrible. So they said you keep on running around the world for your business. Forget business once. Go to the West countries. They must have some painkiller. They can't treat you from this special type of migraine. But some painkiller they have which we don't have that might help you to come out of morphine. I tried number of days and lot of money I spent in Switzerland, in Germany, in England, in USA and Japan. The best doctors. Nobody could take me out of morphine. And this technique helped me. It took me out of morphine. There are cases where there is severe pain. And by this technique, people learn how to observe equanimously, equanimously. Cancer is such a big painful disease. And terminal stage of cancer, so painful. Death itself is painful. Whenever death comes nearer and nearer, one feels so much of pain, mental pain, physical pain. How to come out of it? Death is bound to come. How to come out of this pain? How to come out of this misery? Students who have taken deep Vipassana meditation, we keep on getting their, their information from their relatives. Cancer patients, terminal stage cancer patients, they don't take any medicine to become unconscious. They will just observe, observe, observe and smilingly pass away. It's an art of, art of dying. One has to learn how to die. Death is bound to come. How to die peacefully. But that one understands and learns only when one learns how to live. Art of living is important, then art of dying automatically comes. Learn art of living. Death is bound to come. See that even if you have to die, die peacefully, harmoniously. How can you defend yourself from a negative person? You have to defend. 
Vipassana does not teach you that if a negative person comes and hits you and kills you, say, I am just like a vegetable, I am a Vipassana vegetable, let anybody come and hit me. Oh, no, no, this is not Dharma. <laughs> you have to explain this person in very soft language, what we are doing is no, not good for you, you are generating negativity, you are harmful. But it doesn't understand. This person doesn't understand any soft language. You have to take hard action. Hard vocal action, hard physical action to stop that person. Otherwise, you are supporting this person. He's a terrorist and you are supporting the terrorist. You will keep on harming others, others, others. You have to stop this person with all the strength. But before doing that, you have to examine yourself. For a few seconds, you examine what sensations you are having. And you are equanimous. If you are equanimous, you don't have anger or hatred towards this person. You got love and compassion. You take hard action with love and compassion because this person doesn't understand soft language. So use hard language, hard action with love and compassion. If you generate anger and hatred, you have become a patient. You are a sick person. How can you help others? A lame person cannot help another lame person. A blind person cannot help another blind person. So hard action is necessary wherever it is necessary. It has to be taken, keeping yourself very healthy, calm. Calm and full of equanimity, full of love and compassion. May all of you enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness, real happiness.